The warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in a knowledge-rich curriculum using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Bex. I have got experience teaching across the primary school range, and I also have the privilege of training the next generation of teachers as well. Hi, I'm Nicola, and I have similar experience to Bex working throughout primary school age, and now actually into secondary, and also I've trained teachers in my career too. And today we are exploring what maths we can teach with an incredibly true wartime tale. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Herbert's War. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator, as of November 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, gorgeously illustrated by Ellie Booth Bentley, which should be with you just in time for Armistice Day. Don't worry if you missed that, though, as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and Epic Educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Bex Nicola and Corporal Herbert Bauer as we get diving into the maths and the sort of fear that Herbert was experiencing in No Man's Land is almost comparable to the fear that maths throws up in your face, Bex. <laughs> but we'll start with ages four to seven. What were the numeracy links you found in this story? Well, it's not its not fear of maths. It's fear of like not actually ever finding anything that's a link to the story. But I'm, I'm quite pleased with my two ideas. <laughs> so the first one is all about time, because obviously hmm. there's a lot of mentions of time within the story. So I thought we could do like a whole focus on it because our smallest children sometimes have absolutely no understanding of time. So you could look at time in terms of chronology, which would link to the history that we're going to be talking about next week. But you can also look at time in terms of like minutes and then hours and then days and then weeks and then months and then years because obviously you can look at the period of the First World War, how many years was that, therefore how many days was that, how many weeks, how many months. Yeah. Then you can obviously look at when Herbert signed up, so I think it was 1916, if my yep. notes and memory are correct. Mm -hmm. And so how long was he serving for? How long was he in prison for? A lot of the time I talk to the children about actually what is a minute and how many things can you do in a minute. So, like, how many times can you write your name? How many jumps can you do? How many? Because they think a minute's quite quick. And actually, when you're focusing on what a minute actually feels like, it's actually a lot lot longer. Yeah. And then think of how Herbert must have felt when he was in no man's land, in the puddle, just waiting. Mm. And the stomp, 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 and getting closer and closer and closer. And how long was he there? So, I was thinking you could do a whole bit on time. Even you could link it into the history and how did they tell the time? Yes, yeah. In the wartime, how would they have known what day it was, which month it was? Like we were saying yesterday, all their news would have come later. So, did they know which day it was? Did they know which year it was? So, just lots and lots of work on time and then compare it to how we tell the time now. Mm. I can see one activity there maybe being while he's waiting in 
prison, tallying up the days mm. yes. and then turning those tallies into weeks and then turning those weeks into months because all maths is basically just different symbols for different amounts, isn't it? So you, you take that as a, almost like an early look at algebra almost. Yeah. And the, the children in year one and year two are really focusing on counting in steps of two, five and ten. So ah. that would really link into, that would be a really, really good idea. And you could say, here's some writing that we found on one of the prison walls. How long has this person been in mm. prison for? Yeah. And how do you know and how do you work it out? Do you need to count them all when it's like in steps of five? Well, we know there's five. The fancy word of that is subitizing, so them recognizing that five is five. Mm -hmm. Just another idea that's come to me through that, you could order in length of time who's been in prison the longest. Yes, yeah. Give them some kind of imaginary prisoners, including Herbert, and then they can sequence. And Dr. Figanoff. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Viganoff, yeah. yeah. You could also think about the time that he was actually at war. How many months or years was he actually at war? And then practice counting the months of the mm. year. That sort of thing as well. Yes. Would be useful. Because mm, yeah. that's another objective, yeah. isn't it? Days yeah. of the week, months of the year. And you could even do some problem solving. And then you could put all that out in continuous provision as well if you're doing that in your early year settings or in your year one or even year two classes as well. And the other thing that I thought of, there's loads of positional language within the text so like the ones that I pulled out just when I was reading through there's over there's obviously on top there's in there's next to and there's under so looking at positional language and the fact it makes the writing really precise so linking back to mm. our English yesterday actually it makes us be able to picture exactly what's going on like if someone's under something rather than just saying they were in the trench you could again give the children a picture of the trenches and ask them to circle certain things and then again they're linking into that history and they're looking at what the trenches are actually like and then they could be describing where an object is in the trench for their friend to find because they're quite like a little bit of competition so you uh -huh. can say hey, describe <laughs> one of these objects to your friend and they have to guess which one you're describing and make it really precise. So that's kind of where I'd probably go. And then I'm going to talk about this a little bit more next week, but have a like tough tray or a tough spot. I know people mm. call it different things on those big black trays, making a mini trench in it or mini gotcha. trenches and some mini no man's land for the children to use small world play in. But I think they could then put things in the mm. small world tray and label it with the correct vocabulary as well. And you could have a, a little game with one of them maybe being Corporal Bauer or, or even, you know, one of the other commanders telling them, you know, OK, it's under the cabinet or it's uh, yeah. beside the, well, I don't know, did they have fridges? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about the trench warfare. Um, only in the field kitchens. The field kitchens. OK which were away from the front line. Hmm. But you could have a, a corporal or a, in your maths lesson, you could take them out. And I used to use hoops, like um, PE hoops. And they had to, when the command was given, they had to like get in your PE hoop. They all had to get in, in their PE hoop. So you <laughs> could do a bit of corporal Bauer says. Um, which would be great. <laughs> well, then, let's move on up the age ranges to uh, 7 to 11. Nicola, what did you identify? I think I'm going to carry on from Bex because uh -huh. talking about positioning and where things are, you could actually link it to directions like north, south, east, west, potentially mm -hmm. turning degrees if, if you're pretending to be the corporal in the army. But you could also link it to coordinates. So I think as well for Key Stage 1, you could have very simple coordinates and they've got to go to those places or they've got to find those objects. But certainly mm -hmm. for Key Stage 2 as well, for the 7 to 11-year-olds, you could have coordinates almost plotting either his journey or key places where he went. I like that one. Yeah. Can I um, just ask actually, yes. um, coordinates... Do you teach your children to spell it with or without the hyphen? I think I do it with. 
I think I do it with as well yeah. because, um, well, because I'm currently in year six as well. You have hyphenated words, yeah. give them extra points in there. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I was just wondering because, yeah, it's, it's dropping out of common usage now. So I never know what to do. Eventually, all hyphens kind of get subsumed into the word after they've been around for a few mm. years or a few decades rather. <laughs> but yeah, okay, no, cool. Another idea when, when we're talking about researching him, that's what they can do in English when we were talking about that yesterday, researching yeah. his history. It comes up about the fact that he got a pension when he came out of the army and he had nine shillings a week and it just might be quite nice to think about like how much that is today and I I did a bit of research because I was interested and it said one shilling is 12p and he would get nine lots of that 12 a year so again the nine times table could come within that quite nicely but also I think going one step further what was that worth in those days so what was the equivalent so I then went on to research houses in the 1930s and it's guess how much it is to buy a house in the 1930s oh um, maybe house. a couple of thousand? Two, no, three thousand? 750 pounds. If, if only we could go back in time. I know. Oh, my life. I know. I think my parents' first house in the, in the 70s was more like 5,000 or something. But wow. yeah, crazy. So just, just thinking about equivalent values yeah. and um, looking at money and what it got for you. But actually in his time, if he got £1.08 a week. Nine shillings a week, gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's still a, a small <laughs> amount. But uh, yeah, when, when put in comparison to the house prices, maybe maybe not as bad. No, I know. It's in- interesting. Wish we could go back in time, like I said. Um, another <laughs> <laughs> thing is um, pie charts and data and looking at data from World War One, looking at uh. World War One casualties from different countries. I think certainly by the time children get to sort of age 10 and 11, it's quite nice to actually plot a pie chart, but not easy. And with mm. support, they often need lots of support to do it. But if they do it, they understand the concept of pie charts far far better so we're using data from world war one to mm. plot it into speaking if it's real they're much more interested aren't definitely they, real. and also i found a um like a table on online it's also could do a ratio how many casualties from france compared to the united states compared to the russian and british empires so it's, it's quite mm. interesting so yes you could also link to ratios of, of how many casualties not a, not a nice thing really casualties but no. it does make the fact that war is such a tragic event it brings it home doesn't it when you find out actually how many people lost their lives well, i was gonna say you're really using maths there to highlight the history aren't you yeah and that's one of the beauties of maths is that it i know you can teach it in isolation it can be pure maths but in the same way that we want a purpose to our writing it can really help solidify maths in a learner's mind if they are actually seeing the the use of it and for things like pie charts which is basically percentages mixed with degrees isn't it Mm -hmm. and things like coordinates positional language as you're talking about here you are giving them a real thing to cling that maths to in their head yep exactly it was just under five pounds for his pension by the way i've just got it now that he'd get a year just under five pounds a year yeah but i imagine he'd have topped that up with other sources but yes well you'd hope so because yeah that that still sounds like a horrendously low amount of money Mm. hopefully he'd have had his house by then (laughs) that's all we have time for in this episode folks if you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover you can find us on social media using at teach happily or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app 
Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy knowledge-rich learning in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Corporal Herbert Bauer will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for me to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon.